So I'm Paul. This is I'm Kelly. And we, we do serve at Plano Reengage. Um, and uh, we've been married seven years. And uh, we have three kiddos. They are five, three, and one. I think we have some photos. But hey, there we go. Uh, Everett's the oldest. He's five. Emery is three. And our youngest, Ellis, is uh, just turned a year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get started. So some couples meet each other at church. And some couples meet each other while serving. Still other couples meet on the mission field. Very holy. Uh, we met on, on the, the dance, dance floor. <laughs> At a house party, New Year's Eve, 2008, somebody who went to the porch, Watermark Singles Bible Study, had a house in Plano and was generous enough to share it with a hundred of his closest friends. I was there with my community group to celebrate the new year. And I was there with my community group plus one of, my, one of his coworkers. I thought Paul was fun and a goofy dancer like me. And I thought Kelly was fun and a goofy dancer like me. Neither of us were looking for love that night, but God had other plans. <clears throat> so one afternoon, rewind, August 2014, I was reading a book by a Christian author. The subject was living authentically. The author's words just shredded my insides because I was living in unconfessed sin. I was living in unrepentant sin, and I hated myself for it. I was tired. I was fake. Life felt shallow. I was not known by my closest friends, by my community group, or even by Kelly, my wife. I was confident that God would forgive me when I confessed and repented. I believed, 1 John 1, 9, that if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just and would forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But I was done at the end of my rope. Sin was eating me alive on the inside, and I had to get out. So that day, I left the office early, went home to my wife. <clears throat> at that point, we had been married four years. And I told Kelly, we got to talk. She was in the middle of cleaning the house, and she dutifully dropped whatever she was doing, came and sat down uh, next to me on the couch. And there I uh, came clean. I confessed that I had been looking at internet pornography routinely for over two years. I was in shock mode at first. I didn't feel angry yet. That came later. I did feel some compassion, and that allowed me to forgive him when he asked me, uh, when he asked for it. It took some time, though, for reality to set in to realize the full impact of Paul's confession, but I did know then and there that we needed help. I encouraged Paul to confess to our community group, and I immediately went to work fighting for our marriage. I went to the Reengage website and listened to the story of a couple who also struggled with pornography. I was encouraged by their testimony, and the Lord was redeeming their marriage, and I ended up connecting with the wife face-to-face. -face. I left that meeting feeling very hopeful. So uh, right after that, Kelly suggested that we do re-engage, and I totally agreed. So the following Wednesday, we were right here. Our first night of re-engage, we were asked to rate our marriage on the scale of 1 to 10 individually, and I rated us between a 7 and 8. And I put us much, much lower, like I think a 4 or something like that. How shocked we were to discover, uh, even on that first night, just how differently we viewed our marriage. Um, that was a real eye-opener. It was the first of many that would come later. Now, that low rank rating that I, that I gave our marriage uh, was years in the making, really. I had established 
uh, patterns of habitual inter internet pornography use years before Kelly and I even met. In the spring of 2008, another rewind, I first realized that I had a problem. I was newly minted alumni from college. I was living and working abroad, having a great time, loved my job. But I was looking at pornography every few months or so. Those were exceptions. They were not the rule. And I had come to Christ just previously in college. So I knew that what I was doing was sin. I knew I shouldn't be looking at pornography. I felt bad about it. I really did. And I would confess it to God. I confessed it to my roommate. I repented. I moved on. I was confident that the Spirit's power was sufficient to deliver me from this. I just had to keep being faithful. I had to try harder. I had to just keep going, do more. It's going to work out. Well, on that spring night in 2008, I had come home early from work again, and I didn't have anything to do, so I was looking forward to an evening of leisure. I went to bed, however, ashamed that I had wasted hours looking at pornography. There was no extrinsic motivator it wasn't a coping me mechanism. I wasn't upset about anything. Um, it was just hours and hours of my life consumed by this sin. That night, the Lord showed me that I was no longer in control. My pet sin that I was keeping in the closet had now grown up, and now it controlled me. I had just been fooling myself all along, and I realized for the first time I needed help. So my recovery began in earnest that fall when I moved to Dallas. Well before Kelly and I even dated, uh, I joined Regeneration here at Watermark, uh, the Christ-Centered Recovery Program. I joined a community group here, placed membership, and I was hearing stories all the time of life change. Uh, and I felt hopeful about this next stage of recovery for me. I knew the Lord could redeem me, and I looked forward to that day. Paul and I met during this season. I went through the membership process that year before, and this is what, when we met on the dance floor. I love to sing. I have since I was a kid. And throughout 2009, I organized outings to sing karaoke. Paul was up for some sing-along fun. I usually prefer the Asian style, but I love karaoke. I'll take it. <laughs> By the end of the year, we were dating. Uh, Paul and I were in community and growing in the Lord. We each processed individually um, or independently relationship decisions with our community groups. It was 2010, and I felt like the way we dated honored the Lord. Paul impressed me with his intentional nature of his pursuit early on, and our first date was basically trading testimonies. It turns out he and I have a quirk in common. Part of our testimonies and giving our lives to Christ happened in the bathroom. So I like to say I was on the throne as I went before the throne. <laughs> important that I share. But seriously, I was growing more and more in love with this hottie right here, and I could not get her out of my mind. I was just crazy about her. So spring of 2010, we did merge uh, here at Watermark, the eight-week course for seriously dating and or engaged couples, and all systems seemed go for marriage. So the decision to share with Kelly about my porn addiction uh, came about this time. I received counsel from my community group, from recovery mentors, uh, and I was forthright with her about who it was that she was considering marrying. We moved forward with caution and uh, duly advised about the dangers of getting married without a long track record of victory in recovery. So August of 2010, I proposed. We got married in December uh, at the end of that year, just over there in the chapel. 
Paul wasn't the only one bringing baggage into the marriage. So the truth is I had my own junk. While I did grow up in church I started a rela- and started a relationship with Christ in middle school, I remained immature in Christ through my adolescence. My parents' divorce in seventh grade rocked my sense of security, and so I sought acceptance in relationships with friends, boys, and eventually in college, and it ended up in a same-sex relationship. The guilt and shame from that relationship held me prisoner. Years later, I hesitantly shared that scary part of my story with the trusted friend, As soon as I finished, I held my breath for fear that she would reject me. I'll never forget her response. She said, Kelly, that sin is what Jesus died for, and it's nailed to the cross. Instantly, God removed the heavy burden of guilt and shame and replaced it with love and forgiveness, and I was free for the first time I understood grace. And I love the wonderful promise in the book of James that when you confess your sins to one another and pray for each other, you will be healed. I confessed, and I was healed. When we were newly married, Paul started confessing his struggles with porn to me. God graciously graciously showed me um, my massive desire to control what I didn't like about Paul. I remember telling my friends that I felt like the worst version of myself that first year of marriage. Um, I cannot be his savior. I I learned that I cannot be the Holy Spirit for Paul that year, and that means I'm not Paul's personal porn police. His growth is between him and God, and I needed to trust God that he wanted to change him. So sometime around the, after the birth of our first, our our firstborn, it was 2012, I stopped confessing, uh, looking at porn. Uh, I gave the appearance of looking righteous on the outside, but on the inside, my soul was rotting away. So after the confession that I made to her two years later in 2014, uh, I felt terrible how I had hurt her. Uh, that's when we jumped into reengage, and reengage was great. It gave me a framework for accountability, and that included Kelly in that accountability loop. It allowed me to demonstrate faithfulness to her, earnest repentance, and the opportunity to earn back her trust. Our group was fun. Uh, we connected quickly with the other couples. We made fast friends. Our leader couple was awesome, and we are still in touch with them to this day. Paul and I had been transparent with our community group, but none of the other couples in our group had the same struggle. So going into re-engage, I was really hoping to meet other women whose husbands had similar struggles, and the Lord answered my prayer. I am, however, sad to confess that for all the Lord was doing to restore our marriage uh, through re-engage in, in 2014, at some point I began to fear the ghosts in my closet more than I began to fear the Lord. I hadn't even finished group, uh, re-engaged closed group, before I lost my sobriety. And to make matters worse, I did not confess. I chose to trust the dark instead of walking in the light, and I regret it. I, was con- I continued to live a double life for roughly two years, uh, beginning through re-engage and then after that. I was angry, I was exhausted, I was irritable, I was impatient, I was weary, weary of the Holy Spirit convicting me. He just wore me out. Finally, the spirit broke me, and I confessed to yet another relapse at looking at internet pornography. I was hurt. I felt angry at him. Had nothing changed. We were back in the same place again. Um, I was disappointed and embarrassed because we had shared our testimony at Reengage just months prior, and I felt like I'd been duped again. I felt defeated and discouraged. 
I felt like running away from him. Uh, I felt deceived and betrayed. I felt the emotional impact more quickly this time and deeply. In learning to draw the circle around myself, I confessed I was easily angered when Paul made a mistake or sinned against me. I had so much pride in my own heart toward him, I felt wronged over and over. Jesus tells me to fix my eyes on him and on the Father. Jesus tells me to forgive every time Paul repents and asks for my forgiveness. Jesus' words lead me to extend forgiveness every time. He said, so watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. That's found in Luke 17, 3 and 4. God used his word to convict me of where I was in sin, unforgiveness. Jesus died for my sins and Paul's sins were also nailed to the cross. Now, this time things were different for me after this confession. My community group's response was different. They made it abundantly clear to me how grievous was my sin, how utterly unacceptable and unbecoming is this behavior of a Christ follower. At the same time, I felt really accepted and I felt really loved by my community group. Mm -hmm. So this confession, this is about 2015 now, and somewhere in there, something started to change. It's really difficult to describe. In 2016, I can tell you, I made a New Year's resolution, January 1, that I would read my Bible every morning, 6 o'clock. Now, I didn't do that very perfectly, but it sure was a net gain over what I was doing before. So 2016 began to mark a more consistent time in God's Word for me. It was more consistent and unparalleled in my relationship with Christ up to that point. I was beginning to experience a long stretch of sobriety, the longest yet. And Kelly and I jumped back into re-engage up in Plano, and since then we've had the pleasure of leading groups. It's been great. Uh, By God's providence, it's funny that today, Wednesday, May 9th, 2018, is my 1,000th day of sobriety from internet pornography. This is the longest stretch of sobriety I've ever had. And just God is amazing. That's all I can say. God is amazing because he has done it. By God's grace, I have seen Paul grow as a husband, as a father, as a follower of Christ. He serves me more consistently and in ways I appreciate more. It's been fun watching his relationship with Christ take off because he is abiding with him. He's put on way more of Christ in this past 1,000 days than I ever have seen before. It's been so fun to see. Um, God is transforming me by renewing my mind to the truth about who we both are in Christ. Um, I can replace the old labels I'd stuck on Paul with God's word. Uh, Paul is God's treasured possession. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. He's redeemed. He's clean, and he's made new. And God has given me new eyes for my husband. He communicates with me what's on his heart, and it's not uncommon for Paul to ask me on a date, how would you rate our marriage on a scale of 1 to 10, which really leads to great discussion on how we did loving and respecting one another that week. Seeing his walk with Christ change over the past 1,000 days has rebuilt my trust in him again. Where we are now, I have never seen Paul uh, a stronger, better spiritual leader for our family, and I'm excited to see what he does next in him. Kelly has grown as she renews her mind with the truth. My 2016 commitment to read the Bible every day, she made the same commitment. 
Uh, she did a better job fulfilling it than I did, just by the way. And as I see her devote herself to the word, uh, it does not come back void. Uh, she, as she has been doing that, she's become more beautiful. She grows more like Christ. Kelly is the jewel that crowns our house decor. She is the warm house beat, warm heartbeat of our house. I've seen her change most recently, uh, even in her physical appearance, as she's transformed while God's word renews her mind with truth. Kelly is a blessing and she's God's provision for me. If this is your first time at Reengage here tonight, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. I pray that you find this place safe to be honest about who you really are and how you're really doing. If you've been coming for a while but are tempted to despair because you don't see change in your marriage, uh, just let me remind you to fix your eyes on things that are unseen because those things are eternal, says 2 Corinthians 4.18. And I want to encourage you with scripture. So I'm going to close with uh, reading Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, Despising the shame, he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Thanks for letting us share.